Hello and welcome to the Peace and Love Amplifiers podcast. I'm so happy you're here. In these episodes, we will dive deep into the idea of peace. What is it? Is it even attainable? Everyone wants it. So how can we make it manifest? Along with my own experiences, you will also hear uplifting stories from inspirational people who are building peace in their own lives and the world around them. We are on the threshold of a new society, looking at where science meets spirituality. And these stories are a call to action to help overcome division and build a better society for all concerned. Join me on this thought-provoking journey to explore ways we can all amplify peace and love. All right, so thank you for coming back to yet another episode of the Peace and Love Amplifiers podcast. I'm really excited to have our guest on here today, my co-student in our podcast accelerator, Bridget Sampson. She and Todd, gosh, I forget his last name. Parker. <laughs> they yeah. run, Parker, yes, God, Todd Parker. They do the right question or the, oh my gosh. The right question. The right question. Got I got it, it right. All right. <laughs> and Bridget has her daughter on here today, Jackie Thornhill. They both run the transgender school. They started something new. This is why it hasn't been started before is beyond me. So I bring them both on right now to say hello and welcome. Thank you. you Thanks so much for having us. Yeah. Thank you so much. I love your podcast. I've listened to several episodes and I'm just such a fan of the work you're doing in the world, Julia, to create peace and to lobby and advocate and work hard and to bring on guests who are working to create peace in the world. I'm just, Jackie and I are both so appreciative of, of everything you do. Thank you for having us really. Oh, absolutely. And I have watched, I love your podcast as well. I mean, it's so thought provoking, you know, and each week is like, wow, what, how would I answer that question? So very, very awesome. And you, as well started in the transgender school podcast. So we'll talk all about that. So tell me your story, tell the listeners your story. And yeah, there's so, so much. Yeah. Let me know if I miss anything, mom, but it's <laughs> basically that four years ago now I came out to my mom was the first person I came out to as a transgender woman. It didn't go as well as it could have, as we've talked about in our courses and as we share in a lot of our content But in the years since, we've both learned a lot. My mom has not just become an ally herself, but become an advocate and taught a lot of our other family members and friends and gone on to join support groups and advocate for trans people. So we decided to do this joint project to try to educate families, educate colleagues, coworkers, teachers, anyone out there who interacts with trans people. So pretty much anyone who wants to be an ally with the goal of making transitioning and living life easier for as many trans people as possible. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And Bridget, what made you think to start something like this? Or was it a you know collaboration between yourself and Jackie? I know yep. there's a need, there's an absolute need for this. And you know, how do people come and find you? 
Yeah. Thank you, Julia. There really is a need. And I think that's why I felt so compelled to do something because I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing any of this if it weren't personal for me. I, I mean, I would like to think that I would be an ally, but when your child comes out to you and you have to go through this whole process of completely redefining your whole idea of gender and gender identity, and you have to just steep yourself, I shouldn't say have to, you choose to, you know, steep yourself in this education so that you can be the parent that you want to be for your child and to stay close to them and connected and provide whatever support is needed. And so I've learned so much that I just couldn't, I can't imagine not now sharing that with people who are in the earlier stages as parents, loved ones, transgender people themselves. So it's like, I, you know, I've had this huge education and all these epiphanies and awakenings and I just, I guess, you know, I am an educator. I, I retired recently from 28 years of teaching at a university in the communication studies department. So it was like, maybe all of that was just preparing me for this. Because, you know, <laughs> wow, how ironic that I retired from teaching and I, I'm not retired by any means. I run a consulting business and I do a lot of, of work still, but it just felt like a calling that we have to teach what we've learned to other people because there's, as you said, Julia, there's such a great need. I'm in support groups and friends and family will constantly refer people to me and say, oh, you, oh, your kid just came out as transgender, but you should talk to Bridget. So I'm constantly getting these calls where parents or family members or anybody in a transgender person's life is just completely lost and confused and thinking, I have no idea what this means. Really, the first reaction is usually denial. This can't be happening. Mm. This can't be real. I don't understand, right? So I have spent so much time, you know, in ways that are really meaningful and rewarding to me, working with people and trying to help them understand and help them really be supportive. Everything we do is all for in the interest of the transgender person, right? But what that means a lot of the time, because we know in the statistics that we share so much, right, Jackie, that that is what will save this person's probably life, if not life, mental health and ability to thrive in the world is having the support and the love of their community and their family. So we're sort of indirectly supporting transgender people, although we support transgender people as well and they're part of our community. It's more like, how can we, create a supportive web network of loved ones who mm. provide the support that's needed when one is embarking on transition of any kind. Yeah. Wow. I always think that, you know, that to be authentic, you know, and Bridget, what you were just talking about and the, the struggles that you went through and that you wanted to support your daughter and you wanted to support her process and I'm sure, you know, you talk about, or I'm, I'm assuming, I guess I shouldn't put this into your, you know, the, the whole gamut of emotions that go through that, go through, you know, with, with that process. And I think it's so important to share the authenticity of it because you know that you can relate or that person that's coming to you for advice they don't feel shunned or that they're wrong because they have these, you know, they're questioning They're, you know, it's such an important process to get right, you know, and mm -hmm. to be supportive and to be, you know, the to kind of get your own ego out of the way mm -hmm. and, and your own expectations and all that to be able to support your loved one, whether it's your child or your 
sibling or a niece or a nephew or a grandchild, or, you know, so it's, it's, it's just, you know, it's just such important work. And, and Jackie, how did the process of working with your mom, you know, like helping her along, how did that feel for you? Yeah. Well, at first it was hard because I really had to just kind of be forceful and be like, no, I, I know what I'm talking about. I am a woman. I do identify this way. I'm going to start hormones. I felt really lucky to be an adult at the time. I can't imagine how difficult it would have been to have parents who were trying to stop me from transitioning and not have the legal right to go ahead regardless. That would have been really hard. So I, I at least felt like I was on solid ground legally, if not emotionally, but it was hard. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was really hard. And, and that's why we encourage parents out there to really try to prepare themselves, even if they don't think their kids are trans, just, or queer or gay or anything on the spectrum, just prepare yourself for the idea that your kid is not going to be exactly the person you imagine they are, because then if that day does come when it likely comes, because nobody's kid is exactly who they want them to be, they'll be a lot more prepared for it. Because I think, you know, my mom will be the first one to admit she wasn't prepared. My dad wasn't prepared. And, you know, it made things harder for all of us. So it was hard, mm -hmm. but we got there together gradually. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you using that, like, what kind of techniques did you, did you use to help get you through the initial couple of months or, you know, do you remember anything specific that you used, you know, to whether it's talking or therapy or your own stuff, like how did you use techniques did you use to kind of get you through? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And I love the the framing as becoming authentic because I, it does feel like that's kind of what I had to do. And that's what I was doing in the process of transitioning. And so, yeah, I had a lot of tools at my disposal. I'm very lucky to have the economic privilege to be authentic. Most people in this world don't. So yeah, I had regular therapy. I live in San Francisco. So I live in a city that is in general, very queer affirming and very trans affirming. It was easy for me to meet other trans people, which was really important to me personally. And is important to a lot of trans people, especially earlier in transition to be around other trans people. And another thing that I experienced and I've heard from a lot of other trans people is that it was really important to me to have physical space for my family at that time. Mm. You know, I lived alone in a studio apartment. I was going to school and working on campaigns and doing other things. And it just felt good to have that space that I needed to use those tools and to go through that process and to, you know, become the person I really identify as. Beautiful. For educational purposes, I'm a huge fan of therapy and I am in therapy currently and love my therapist, but I do want to say it's very important if, if transgender people do have the means to see a therapist, that it is someone who specializes in gender identity and, and really, I would say specializes in therapy for transgender people, which Jackie's therapist was, is, you know, so I've in the support groups and talking with lots of parents, they've sent their kids back to a, a, you know, a previous therapist or just a general therapist. And I just, I, I, sorry to say, but I have to adamantly say that it's, it's essential. It's critical. The suicide attempt rates, the depression rates are, are just 
very alarming and concerning and not all medical and mental health professionals are well-trained in this area. And it's no fault of their own, but if you say the slightest thing, that's not affirming or completely, you know, the right thing to say, it could, it could be life or death. So I just really want to make that case very strongly. Yeah. And and again, because it's important to point out that most people don't have the privilege of living in an area and having the economic resources necessary to access that kind of specialized mental health, which wasn't covered by insurance. And we had to pay completely out of pocket and really is only accessible to us because we do live in the top 1% of society that if you don't have access to that level of care, at the very least, make sure that a therapist is trans affirming, make sure they're not transphobic because Unfortunately, the statistics show that the number one reason people go back on transitioning is because a medical professional, a doctor or a therapist, convinced them to stop transitioning and convinced them to go back on it. So even if you don't have access to someone with expertise, really make sure that 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 expert, whether it's a doctor who's going to be prescribing hormones, who's going to be walking you through that process, or a therapist, A good question is, have you treated trans people before? Kind of give you a sense of whether they have that experience and whether they've actually seen those trans people through transition. You can get a sense of that. It's just so important to make sure you have trans affirming care. And I know we keep, we're going on and on. We'll stop in a second, but I do. No, 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 keep going, keep going. (laughs) You guys are getting great One last thing that's really, really important because Jackie does make a very important point that this is not something that's accessible for everyone, but there are a lot of free resources and there are, I'm seeing, you know, therapists and counseling centers start offering some free hours for, you know, transgender people in crisis. The Trevor project is amazing. We have had people in our community and our group that are, who are suicidal and who reach out to us. And we've walked them through getting in touch with someone directly at the Trevor project. They have a 24 hour hotline and a 24 hour text message response system just for trans people. Um, and the trans lifeline hotline and text where their hotline is all transgender people and it's available 24 hours. So if anyone's in crisis, there is free assistance available. Absolutely. And the best place to go really to, to get those numbers and all that information right now that I know of is our website, which is transgenderschool.org. And right at the, toward the top of the page, you can just click, you don't have to give an email or anything. And it's a resource list. And we've got the crisis hotline numbers at the very top. So important. So valuable. Absolutely. You're the work that you're doing is life affirming, life changing. And, you know, before we, we started recording, Jackie, uh, your mom said that you do a lot of advocacy work or, you know, going, getting in front of our, the political leaders. What, what have you done? What bills are out there? What should we know to help listeners can call their representatives to say, you know, we, I support this bill. You need to support this bill. So what what do you have? So I'll go back in time a little bit for a funny little anecdote. The summer that I was born, the summer of 1997, headlines were that the Employment Non-Discrimination Act, which was going to make it completely illegal to discriminate against LGBTQ people and employment had quote, inevitable momentum. It was going to pass. Definitely. It was going to become law. Still hasn't happened. In 2007, I want to say, 
Democrats agreed to strip trans people out of that bill and try to pass it for just gay, lesbian, and bisexual people. Ouch. That Mm. didn't pass. Now we've come all the way around to the Equality Act, which is a more comprehensive version that would basically enshrine civil rights protections for all LGBTQ people in all areas of the law. Whether that's going to pass the Senate right now is a big open question. So for anyone listening who lives in anything other than the most solidly blue state, please call your senators and let them know that it is really important to you that they pass the Equality Act, because that is really kind of the top piece of legislation that's going to actually make a difference in terms of civil rights. And as much as it may seem inevitable now that Democrats sort of control all three chambers of government with a 50-50 Senate and at least two Democratic senators who've proven they're willing to, for lack of a better term, screw over their constituents when it comes to issues like a $15 minimum wage, I wouldn't expect them to do anything better on the Equality Act. So I'm hopeful, but I don't know that I would say I'm optimistic and mm. it's going to take a lot of organizing to, to get this through the Senate, at least in this Congress. And then zooming in or out, whichever way you want to look at it a little bit to state legislatures, there um, is this fight going on, which is not unrelated over trans women in particular, trans girls playing sports, whether they should be allowed to access sports at school. This one is really sad. It's kind of the new wedge issue after bathroom bills failed, not because Republicans decided they were amoral, but because corporations threatened to leave the states that were passing them. And so this is like a slightly less horribly branded version of that, which is still incredibly damaging to trans children and to their ability to be part of their school community and be part of their community and participate in sports and participate in all the normal things kids do. And it's unscientific because the NCAA and Olympics have allowed transgender athletes who've undergone at least a year of hormone therapy to compete for decades now. And no trans athlete has dominated in either of those sporting organizations. So it's not based on science. It's a wedge issue. It's Republicans trying to scare people about trans kids. And in the process, they're hurting a lot of trans kids and it's really sad. So if you do live in a state where any of those bills are being introduced or considered, please find out because a lot of people don't know who your state legislatures are. Find out who your governor, your lieutenant governor is and make sure you reach out to them and let them know that you don't support that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've, in my in my background, have gone down to D.C., to advocate for the Department of Peace Building. So it would be a cabinet level department of peace and peace building. And so I know the power of that work because our Congress people, they, they work for us and they're, they're the most, you know, they, they wanna hear from their constituents. So you may think that it's just a one, you know, if you make this one phone call to help support the Equality Act, you may, well, you know, it's just, it's just me. But if four or five people call that one representative, they're going to look at that and say that it's a large portion of their constituents because not everybody calls, not everybody, you know, contacts their representatives. So it's a really important way to make sure that government actually works for the people. And, you know, I, you know, in my background, my spiritual belief, my religious community, 
is, I don't know if you've ever worked with any Unitarian Universalists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the UUA, the Mm -hmm. Unitarian Universalist Association would be a really good advocate for you guys. Mm -hmm. And I don't, you know, good, good. I'm glad you've, you've teamed up with them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We know you, I have several friends and community members and quite a number of people in our community in our, because, because we have a Facebook group of really active, supportive allies and community members and quite a number of them are members of that church. And one is even a minister for the church. And she spoke about us at her church service. So yes, we are very thankful to your, your church community for their support of our, of our agenda, for lack of a better word. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, just getting your name that, you know, the transgender school. So, you know, Mm -hmm. getting that out and what it, how people work with that. So can you describe what it looks like, you know, what the curriculum is, how long is it? What, you know, what does it look like? Yeah. So we put out a lot of different types of content. We do regular live streams on our Facebook page where we discuss current events, like um, the legislative recap I just did. And we take questions from anyone who attends. And then we also put together more thorough in-depth paid courses. So we did our first round of those recently, and that was our How to Be an Ally course. It was pretty much an introduction for anyone who might know a trans person or have a trans person in their life on how to be an ally. And we did a lot of great content in those courses. We reenacted some conversations from when I first came out to my mom. We shared our patented uh, acronym that teaches people how to be an ally and a lot of other great tips, as well as some video highlights from our various live streams that we've done, particularly with guests, including my dad and my grandparents to kind of show what it looks like to have that full range of family support. And there will be lots more to come there, including evergreen courses that will be available to purchase on our website and on our social media. You won't have to attend at a specific time. So if you're not able to make any of our scheduled courses, those will be a great option as well. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Our next big one, it'll probably be before this comes out on your podcast, unless this is coming out very quickly, but just so people know where this is the kind of thing we're doing regularly is we're doing a special event on the transgender day of visibility, which is March 31st. So, and we're going to be doing a lot, especially around pride month, you know, we're trying to really align with the, the days and the events that are already happening that people tend to be familiar with and want to step up and do something or learn something. So we're hoping that by doing that, that we can reach more people. So we've had a good turnout so far, sign up for our transgender day of visibility event, because hopefully, you know, it's that hopefully everybody wants to learn all of this all of the time, but we're trying to link to, you know, to important days like that so that people know that this we want to offer something for those who really want to acknowledge the visibility issues and the remembrance day of remembrance there are thankfully there are some you know important events happening around what we're trying to teach as well but yeah please you know for everybody anybody wants to find out just go to transgenderschool.org we try to keep it as updated as possible Jackie and I also have done a lot of writing we both have written quite a bit on medium we have our own medium page and on our personal medium pages I've written articles about what to do when your kid comes out and what not to say to parents of trans kids and just everything we can possibly try to teach is out there and we're on every social media platform just as transgender school. Wonderful. Wow. You guys are so honored that you guys are here. 
and you're doing what you're doing because to me, you know, when we hide our ourselves, when we hide our true self, it damages the world, you know, Mm -hmm. and when we can support someone lovingly, you know, kind of putting our own self aside and like you said earlier, like getting rid of the expectations that I had, it is going to help the person develop into a full range being, you know, this, because I believe that we're all beings of God, that we're all, you know, manifesting in a divine way. And it's up to us to kind of find out what that is. And if we put our own if we try to squash that, then in any way, whether it's for ourselves or for someone else, it, it can do more damage than we can realize. So I, I want to honor you both for creating this space, putting yourself out there as a way of, you know, this is, this is our own process. This is our own mistakes and we could have done this better we could have done that better we're just here to help you kind of we're one rung up the ladder than you guys and we're just going to help pull people along and the more that we can educate people the general public the better off the world will be and you know when we can truly create a space where people can be the person that they need to be on the inside, not what society's putting on them from the outside, you know? And um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So is there anything else that you guys want to talk about? Anything else that's kind of ringing? Just, you know, I, I, I think that we should always, and you talk about this, you know, if we can always come from love and remember that, love, we can love everyone. Love can be unconditional, you know, and of course there's the exception of any kind of abuse or harm, but in, in so many cases, love is withheld full embracing and, and not just accepting, but celebrating the people in our lives who we love, who are just being themselves and living their truth. Like just let's come from love. And I lost that for a little while, you know, with Jackie, I was more concerned about what other people would think and how difficult something might be. And if we can just stay in that space of love for our kids, our family, our community, our neighbors, everyone in our life, and know that people, I think that everything you just said, Julia, is so beautiful. And I was just listening. And yes, like, we have to just love each other and, and stop having these expectations and demands that people are who we think they should be, or who we want them to be to make us feel comfortable and make our lives easier. So just, just love, just come from love and love your kids, love your family members, love transgender people. Please don't let this, this, I I do want to say someone being transgender is just simply a form of human diversity. You know, we don't need the science to prove that to us, but if you need it, it's there. The doctors who are studying this can tell you, you know, the science is there. If you need that, I don't need it. I know that it's just simply a form of human diversity. Some people are transgender. Some people are cisgender. So why would we love or embrace or celebrate anyone any less who's in our life? Because this is something about them that 
is part of how they were born and part of they are their unique and beautiful contribution to the diversity of human beings on the planet. I just mm. think it's really important for everyone to, to know that that's the way we want to move toward looking at all of it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I would definitely second everything you just said and to kind of restate it, like just stop trying to control the people in your lives. Even if you don't think you're trying to control them, you probably are like there's, there's a difference between wanting something for someone. Cause if you want something for someone, you're happy if they do it, you're happy if that happens, but you're not really like super upset if it doesn't happen, but trying to control someone, you're really upset when they don't do what you want, or they're not exactly the person you want them to be. So Stop trying to control other people in your life. Focus more on the things you don't like about yourself instead. There you go. That's it. (laughs) Uh, For our final question, if the world were a perfect place right now, what would it look like? So either one, both, you can all answer. You go, Jackie. You probably have a great answer to that, Jackie, or I want to hear your answer. I mean, there's a lot to say. I'll try to keep it (laughs) quick, like highlights ideal world, there would be no nuclear weapons, no nation states, housing, health care, and a guaranteed income would be human rights. Everyone would have equal civil rights. There would be equal labor protections. No one would be expected to work more than four days a week, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Ask Bernie. I don't know. All right. I like your world. I like your world, Jackie. <laughs> and did you want to add anything, Bridget? No, I like Jackie's no. world. Oh. I, I would I would want the world to be Jackie's world. <laughs> I think my daughter, um, she, she knows a lot more about all of, about politics, well, not even politics, you know, human rights and the human rights that, that everyone should have. And so her world is the world I would want to live in for sure. Okay. That's two of us. All right. Well, I, I know we're, we got some time issues, so I don't want to hold you up anymore. I know we could probably talk more and if you guys want to come back on, at any time, you guys, I want to put a plug in for your own podcast again, the Transgender School Podcast. So check that out. You know, I'm sure it's, of course, it's chock full of information and much needed, much needed information. Thank you. So I want to thank you both for being here, for doing what you're doing, because as hard as it is, in my own estimation, you're doing so much good for the world. Absolutely. And, and know that from the trans people in my life, you know, a lot of them are older than me, you know, so they had a really hard time, a really hard go of it. And you, what you're doing is helping all the ones coming up, you know, all the little ones coming up, all the, the questioning people coming up that, you know, you're giving them the space to come forward and, and be true to themselves. So I thank you both for doing what you're doing and I will look forward to, to working with you guys and seeing where you guys go. So well, thank, thank you for having you us so much. Yeah. Get the message Absolutely. Out. Appreciate yeah. It. Thank Absolutely. you, Julia. It's such an honor and a pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Hey, you peace and love amplifier. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, 
You can reach me directly at peaceandloveamplifiers.com. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening. And remember to ask yourself, what am I feeding the field? Until next time.